I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me remotely are two representatives of the Delaware Institute for the Arts and Education, Executive Director Nancy Hirsch and Artistic Director Ashley S.K. Davis. Welcome, Nancy and Ashley. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's great to uh, be back and for this. It's, uh, our Zoom meeting today is a little different topic than uh, all the Zoom meetings we've been involved with over the last two months. Yes. But uh, that's one of the topics we'll be talking about is, is Zooming and how our lives have changed. But first, for our listeners, let's uh, take a little bit of time to give them a little background about the Delaware Institute for the Arts and Education. Nancy, a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, we are actually approaching our 40th anniversary we were, the Delaware Institute for the Arts and Education was created in 1982. And what we provide are arts integrated programming in partnership with Delaware schools and early learning centers. And what, what does that look like in terms of the kinds of programming and services you provide, which have been expanding in recent years? That's true, thank you. So we provide three major uh, programs or services. So the first is our K through 12, artists in residence in schools where we bring performing artists and teaching artists into Delaware schools. And that is modeled after a Lincoln Center model of aesthetic education where students experience hands-on workshops in an art form in the performing of visual arts. And then at the end of working with a DIA teaching artist, they attend or experience a live performance or major art form. And so that's our K through 12. Then we have our Delaware Wolf Trap. We are one of 21 international affiliates of the Wolf Trap Institute for Early Learning through the arts out of Vienna, Virginia. And we're the only provider of the service in Delaware. And what that is, it's a twofold goal. The first is professional development with early childhood educators, integrating an art form in the performing arts and early childhood curricular goals. And then it is also arts integrated experiences for the students with a focus on an art form and then literacy or STEAM. And then the third is our professional development for educators. Ashley, Ashley, as the artistic director, what's your role in the organization? Um, so we jokingly say that Nancy's job is to find the funds and for me to do all the fun stuff. Um, so um, the wonderful thing, the thing I've really enjoyed is I really get to be super hands-on with the teaching artists and the teachers. Um, my role is really helping to vet some of what our focus art experience will be. A lot of that work is done with our community partners, as Nancy mentioned earlier. Um, so some of our ongoing partners um, have been the, the Grand Opera House, our um, Delaware Art Museum, the Bigs, um, some other uh, kind of smaller um, entities or organizations, such as Distant Voices or Tahira, which is a, who was an amazing performer and teaching artist of her own right. Um, and I'm able to work with them, but then also really work with this incredible group of teaching artists that we have on our roster. Um, all of our teaching artists, currently we have 15, uh, 14 on our roster and they are all um, really amazing in their art form and their craft. Um, and so it is an excellent opportunity to take these 
working professionals into the classroom, into schools, um, helping them really distill and break down the work that they do as a professional artist and present it in a way that a student can assess it. And also so they can kind of, one of the things we always say is it gives the students an opportunity to make the decisions that a working artist would make. So they are not necessarily learning a play um, in that they need to learn their lines or practice their character development, but rather they're stepping into the role maybe as a playwright to decide, okay, what topic am I interested in exploring and how am I going to explore that and what language, what words, what uh, dramatic devices am I going to use to present this work um, to the public? Um, they're making the choices of a composer. Okay, within this certain construct of musical, in a music genre, in a music art form, what am I trying to say and how can I share that with an audience? And I think that's the thing that's really interesting and unique about our, our, our program. Um, and I just love the opportunity to really brainstorm with the classroom teachers and teaching artists to figure out, okay, well, how can we mend, how can we meld all this together? Um, to create a really cool experience for the students and also oftentimes for the educator. A lot of times we're introducing a slant on the art form that might be new for them as well. Um, and so that's really fun as well. You've alluded to it, but I'd, I'd love to hear either one of you speak to the, the interdisciplinary nature of the work that you do, because you don't just go into the music room or you don't just go into the art room. You go into general classrooms. Could you could you speak to that and and the role that the arts play in the work that you do with some of the other curricular areas? I mean, our, our core belief is that arts are essential. It is not a back hallway thing. It's not just an add-on special that can occur ad hoc. But rather, we want to really encourage schools and educators to find ways that they can really infuse the arts into everyday learning. There's always another way that we can approach education. And so, yes, a lot of the work that we do does happen with visual art teachers, with music teachers. Um, but when, when I was working as a teaching artist, as a dancer and a, um, and a theater teaching artist, there weren't many schools that had a dance class or a drama class. So oftentimes I might be in a, as a drama teaching artist, I might be in an English language arts class. And the process that we're going through is we are going through a writing process and thinking about as we are doing our written work, whether that's writing poetry or if we are writing a script, the importance of language and language development, and then kind of playing around and experiment, experimenting with what is the changed experience from reading something in your head or maybe just reading it aloud to a small group to then adding those dramatic elements to it? How does it change the work and how does it make it perhaps more accessible to another person? Um, as a dance, as a dance teaching artist, the same thing happened. Oftentimes I was, sometimes I was in a, uh, PE class, but a lot of the work I did was within history classes, and we might be looking at a specific dance genre that also circled back to a specific historical moment. Um, one of my favorite residencies that we've done um, since I've been in this role as artistic director was a joint uh, focus with 
um, the Delaware Art Museum in the Grand where they brought Step Africa up in 2008 or um, 2018, excuse me. And it was absolutely wonderful. The work was really focusing on um, step dance as an art form and kind of the origins of it. And also it included some background information, the particular piece they shared included background information about the great migration of African-Americans from the South into the Northern industrial cities. And so we were able to integrate, there's a strong historical component, a strong social studies component. So it's not just moving for the sake of moving, moving the step dance originated from this one specific thing and we were able to use that to kind of explore outwards what does that mean where did your family come from and also kind of thinking about it in terms of we are all here from somewhere and that's a wonderful thing and that's the beauty of of america and let you know let's continue to, to share and ex be excited about that beauty and that that amazing um special cultural opportunity Right. Nancy, I, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier on. You, you mentioned uh, uh, sort of coming out of the Lincoln Center model and aesthetic education. Uh, I'm, I hope I don't show my ignorance here, but my understanding of aesthetic education is that it's not only learning the art form, but learning about the art form. Is, right. is, that, it's, is that fair to say? It's experiential learning. So there are overarching questions that we guide students and teachers from to how to look and experience a work of art. So often that might just be, what do you notice? Mm -hmm. And so it, these kind of questions bring them into having a personal relationship with a work of art that might be deeper than just a school assembly where they're being entertained. So it's really about guiding them how to think about what they're seeing, what they're experiencing, what they may be hearing, and then asking some deeper questions. How do you think it was created? And then how could we recreate, how could we create through the experience of, of seeing an art form as an experience rather than a product or a final thing? Well, I, I wanna continue, but let me first remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Joining me remotely today are representatives of the Delaware Institute for the Arts and Education, Executive Director Nancy Hirsch and Artistic Director Ashley S.K. Davis. We've been talking about uh, the work that you do, the programs and services that you provide. Let's uh, take a look, uh, Ashley, you mentioned the, the roster of artists that you work with. Talk about the range of artists that you currently use in your programming. Oh my goodness, so many different, um, so many different artists. DIAE serves statewide, um, so that is we have our we have teaching artists from uh, Newcastle County all the way down through Sussex, and, and we're very thankful and appreciative of all their work. Um, I'll highlight a couple of them that also happen to be recent fellows from the Delaware Division of Arts. Um, right. uh, Artist Fellowship. So uh, one of the most recent ones, uh, Meredith Height Estevez is an oboist who is based up here in Newcastle County. Um, she is a professor at the University of Delaware and I know she just was awarded at the established artist uh, level mm -hmm. with DDOA. Um, she has, her background is as oboe, <laughs> is classical music, but she has incredible teaching artists uh, chops. She's, we've been really excited to have her teach anything from a variety of 
homemade instruments and thinking about how you can use upcycled and recycled materials to create non-traditional instruments and then being able to to um, craft and compose some music based on that um, to doing a really cool residency based on the steel pan drum um, and all of this she's able to bring her background as an oboist uh, to the work uh, also we have Leah Beach who is based in Sussex County she is a photographer um, her personal focus of her artwork is um, really on photography but she's done a lot of work originally focused on dementia patients and trying to always bring a level of humanity and caring to portions of society that may be a bit unseen or, or may be a little bit easy to ignore. Um, and she brings that background into the classroom. She did an amazing residency at Sussex Tech High School and um, they were working with uh, Jenny Fercucci, who is the 2019 teacher of the year for the state of Delaware. And she created a social justice class um, that, that year. And the students each had to, in her class, they each had to study various social issues, kind of pick a, a topic that they wanted to take a stance about and do some research on it. And when Leah went into the classroom to work with them, they were able to then think about what that topic looks like think about it through a specific, um, through the angle of a photographer, and then go uh, take imagery, take pictures to capture some imagery that would reflect what they had been researching. Um, and then from there, they took, the, they took the photos, they learned all types of different things about the process of photography and, and the various elements that you need to think of in trying to be a great photographer. Um, and they actually had planned to do an amazing show. <laughs> they were going to present everything um, and share it out to the community in April. That didn't happen, <laughs> as, you can as, as you can assume. But we were able to hear back feedback from the students, and they really appreciated and enjoyed such just that opportunity to be able to share in that way. Um, let's see. We also, on our roster, we have uh, Jay Street, who is a wonderful musician, vocalist, songwriter. Um, he's done a lot of really cool residencies. Uh, he just had one at Warner this past year. They were focusing on uh, the jazz musician Akua Alrich and the tribe. And he did an entire uh, residency focused on uh, scat and vocal jazz vocals and had these fifth graders like scatting through the hallways <laughs> and remixing music that they already knew and were familiar with. And instead of saying, instead of creating the words, you know, speaking the words as, as you would usually do, they, they kind of changed the entire thing into scat. Um, so uh, just a variety of different things. Um, let me think who else. Uh, George Teets is one of our drama teaching artists. He's just an incredible actor and um, he is a veteran teaching artist. He works with all three of our programs with the K-12, with our preschool Delaware Wolf Trial program and you know he's one of the standard uh, teaching artists that I often call upon as for, for professional development um, as we're presenting that out to schools and to teachers. So Ashley, you've cited a number of examples of uh, what your teaching artists do. I know that uh, in this school year, you had a number of residencies that you completed, a number that were in process, and a number that were scheduled to take place in the spring, 
and then COVID hit. Yeah. Talk a little bit, uh, Nancy, about the adjustments you've had to make uh, since uh, the closing of schools and uh, then the announcement that schools were going to remain closed for the remainder of the year. And, and you know, how has that impacted you and what adjustments have you made? Well, as I'm sure most people can relate, it changes on a daily basis. So you kind of the first stage was things were paused and what does that look like? And then as it became clear that it would be highly unlikely that we would be able to finish out the residency, even if at some point schools may resume, would they allow visitors back in the building? So the first thing that we committed to, uh, this was a decision by our board and then Paul, the, your team came in. And so we have been able to make our, all our teaching artists whole for their K through 12 residencies. Mm -hmm. The commitment on their part was to provide us with really fleshed out lesson plans. And Ashley worked really hard with them on that. So then we could provide the teachers with these lesson plans. Uh, some of the schools uh, decided to finish up virtually. Some, as you said, were finished. Some um, we hope to do in the fall or spring, depending on what that looks like. And then some, unfortunately, we're not able to finish. But the teachers will have the lesson plans and our teaching artists have been made whole. And then for our Delaware Wolf Trap, we have been in constant, um, I've been in communication with the site administrators and we have some virtual programs um, planned that you know I can talk to you about. And then we are also planning professional development for our teachers. So we have been real, it's really um, been an opportunity for us to focus on our mission mm -hmm. and what that looks like. How can we inspire the artist within every student in a virtual learning situation, a blended learning situation? How can we support our teaching artists in, in any scenario? So we've had our share of Zoom meetings and, um, we have given out art kits. Uh, we've done the first of a series. So we, we've got many scenarios that we keep fine tuning. Uh, the, uh, I had a, there was a question I had in my mind and, and I just blanked on it, but you did mention the art kits. Uh, speak to that. And, and I know we've had these conversations before. The, if you want a child to be engaged in a, some kind of an arts activity at home, you, you can't assume that they have all the materials available that you would normally have available in the classroom. Uh, yeah, that was one of our key focuses while we were talking through what art could, could be and what it would look like. And um, so what we were able to do is we, we kind of started with these pillow boxes. We had all these pillow boxes. Um, from a residency that ended up not using them. So we haven't found anything to use, do it with. And uh, we were going back and forth. How can we use these pillow boxes? I, we ended up sending pillow boxes and random colored sheets of paper to four of our visual art and teaching artists. And I just said to them, create something and send me send me pictures what did you come up with and the variety like the amazing variety of things that the teaching artists came came up with was was just simply incredible our first art kit was uh created by yolanda chetwood who is also one of the ddoa art fellows at the, at the master level and um she essentially created a little pillow box totem 
that students will be able to kind of hold their feelings and hide their feelings inside. And so the kit included this pillow box, a couple of different sheets of paper in various colors, some other smaller sheets for them to write their feelings and memories and kind of process that. Um, we included a glue stick, a page of instructions, and a pencil. Um, and one of the things we really talked about is we want we wanted the students to be able to complete and, and complete the project no matter what they had at home. We wanted the entire kit to be fully contained. We didn't want to assume that families had access to scissors, writing utensils, paper products, uh, glue. Um, so we were really trying to think about what can we do. And so that was one of the um, restrictions that we put on the teaching artists. Use just these things. You can add two additional elements if you'd like to. So like a glue stick would be an additional element um, and a writing utensil would be an additional element. Um, and, but we were able to really, she came up with a really cool project that we, she created a video of herself presenting it, which we put on our website. And so as we were passing out the kits, we did it in conjunction with the community education building, which is where our office is located. And, and the CEB also is the, um, is the building where Coomba Academy Charter School and Great Oaks Charter School are, are located. And so this past Friday, we passed out the kits and there were, we passed out 132 kits. Um, they were all gone. So we're, we're very excited and looking forward to being able to do it again in the future. Um, but the cool thing about the kits, we're, we're, we're kind of taking that same model of everything that you need is going to be in this in this kit, you will not necessarily need to add anything else. If you have other materials and you'd like to, you certainly can, but you do not have to. And Paul, I was going to say, and it's all, it's still arts integrated. Yeah. So there is a lesson plan with cultural content. There's link to resources. And if people want to visit our website at diae.org on our resource tab, there is, uh, we're calling it artist in your residence. So people can go, they can see the art kit, they can see Yolanda's video, and we're going to be, uh, we are committed to doing two more with our partners at the Community Education Building. So we're really excited about that. Great. And with that, it's time for us to sign off. Nancy Hirsch and <laughs> Ashley S.K. Davis, thanks so much for joining us to share what you're doing with Delaware Institute for the Arts and Education. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for all you're doing to support the artists and arts organizations in our community. Thanks for this opportunity. Yep. Thank you, Paul. We really appreciate it.